everybody say that they know me, they own me. See me on the cover of a Vogue and they clone me. We cannot be friends because I like being lonely. I'm a boss. Tell them not today. Swerving on these chickens, cluck out my lane. I'm a boss. Hey, guys. It's Maria coming to you. I wanted to go ahead and give you an explanation. Um, we are starting season two, which may be slightly confusing since I'm, I think it was like two, three weeks ago we dropped a bunch of podcast episodes for the first time, but that was all of season one. And I'll explain how that came to be here in a few minutes. It's 2019 was insane and not in a good way. It was just it was one of those years that I, I feel like I came out of a coma, honestly, after it was all done. Um, that kind of started in 2018 and 2019 just wham, hit me out of nowhere. So um, the episodes that you heard uh, from season one were all ones that we started recording early in 2019. And then uh, the shit hit the fan more than ever. But um so yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that today and some other stuff, but I just kind of wanted to let you know why all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, season one, and there's not a lot of episodes on season one, and then boom, season two. So yeah, Successfully Chaotic, that's what we are here, and um, you know, I, I almost didn't drop them. I almost did not drop season one at all, but I decided to, and I figured it would be a good precursor to start to talk about a lot of the things that happened that really caused that delay and the spiral that started to happen that caused all of the drama and everything that was going on in my life in 2019, which there's a lot of it. So some of that's going to have to be a discussion for another day. But, you know, that's the thing about life. And I know we talk about this a lot. Um, whether it's on our podcast recordings or whether it's in some speaking engagements or just if you know me personally, this is stuff I say all the time. That's where successfully chaotic come from. Life, life, life's chaos. Um, and chaos can be good. Chaos can be bad. Chaos can just be crazy. And I think not having that life would be boring. Now, uh, I would give back 2018 and definitely 2019 in a heartbeat. <laughs> but it's definitely one of those things that I think a lot of us have gone through a bunch of tough times. And I think that if you look at it from the other side, like I do now, I see the lessons in all of it. And I feel like I'm better person now. I know that sounds kind of cliche, but I feel like I understand myself more. I feel like I was still holding on to a piece of my mask of me just trying to be something that I really wasn't and trying to pretend like I had it all together. And even at the beginning, starting to record this, I'd started kind of coming out of that. I'd started getting tired of the idea that as business owners, we had to walk around saying that everything was great and that, you know, our, we had it all together in our business, our home life was great, our kids were amazing. And I mean, my kids are amazing. They're also jerks often, but they're amazing. But it, for some reason, a lot of us feel that we can't be real. And I got, I was already getting tired of that. Um, and I think that started in 2018 uh, for, 
all of you that don't kind of know that part of my story. Um, I, th- I had think in one of the episodes I may have brought this up. I can't remember now. It's been so long ago. But my grandma had got diagnosed with a brain tumor. Well, let me rewind that even before that. So um, let's see, when was it? November 2017. My oldest daughter was in nursing school. And she's probably going to come in for telling the story, but that's okay. Um, she was in nursing school. She was, you know, just out of high school. She had graduated that previous May. She had um, wanted to be a nurse, went to nursing school, and she just wasn't feeling it, which, you know, I, I honestly didn't know that she wasn't feeling it, but she decided to drop out of nursing school, and being like her mother, super impulsive, she stopped at the Navy recruiter's office on the way home from dropping out of nursing school and joined the Navy, and then decided to come home and drop that ball on me. So she shipped out a week and a half after I found out that she just randomly joined the Navy. So she was my first one, first one to kind of leave the nest. And I was already kind of struggling with that a little bit. And all of a sudden having her, you know, join the Navy and then ship out where I couldn't talk to her. And I was worried about her. And, you know, my husband had been in the Navy. So he had told me, you know, some of the not so fun parts of it. So I was freaking out. And, she she ships out and I'm I almost kind of went into this a little bit of a depression and um, I just I wasn't sure how to deal with my emotions on it and doing what I do is I make it a joke when I don't know how to deal with it so we I took one of her old canvas pictures that she had um, actually been in in a picture with her ex-boyfriend and she didn't like him anymore so we cut out her face and um, threw his away sorry but we did, and um, I strapped it onto a Lilo and Stitch doll. It was a Stitch doll, and um, at Thanksgiving that year, we called it Faux Jalen, and she sat at the table. So then it just became this thing, a big joke. So we drug Faux Jalen, you know, places with us, and she went to visit my grandparents, and it was just it was funny. It became this big joke at Christmas time. She was at the Christmas family function, and. You know, we we kind of made a joke out of it just because that's how I deal with stuff. Um, and if there's any psychologists listening to that, I'm sure you could have a field day with that. But it is what it is. And <laughs> um, I am who I am. And um, so that Christmas, my grandma was kind of off. So she it, it ended up coming out that she had brain tamers. And they ended up trying um, to do some type of a... a like pinpoint radiation on her and it it didn't work and she just got worse and worse and my grandpa he had had COPD but he was doing pretty well um I think he mourned himself to death once she started kind of going downhill and he passed away February and she passed away six weeks later and then two weeks after that my great-grandma died so I went from having three grandparents left to zero like boom 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 after you know having my daughter gone all of a sudden and you know I I'm pretty emotionally stunted on things I think that's why I cover it up with a lot of humor (laughs) but I um I didn't really know how how to function um I was very very close with my grandparents and I was having a really really hard time dealing with all of the 
traumatic feelings that I was having inside. And instead of talking to somebody, instead of, you know, dealing with it the way that I should have, instead, I bottled it up, I stuffed it away, and I pressed into work. And, you know, again, looking back, definitely not the way to handle it. But I didn't know how to process it properly. I I was afraid to fall apart. Um, we had just bought a bank um, that we were renovating, a huge project, uh, bigger than I even anticipated. And I really wasn't sure how to get everything that I needed to get done accomplished. I wasn't sure how I'd started a business and um, I had started a boutique and I had, I'm an impulsive jumper on things a lot. I'm not as much anymore because I mean, I kind of am still, but I'm, I hold myself back on a lot of it. And, but at that moment, I was so covered up with all these decisions I had made that I, I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't stop and grieve. I just had to stuff it away and push on. But the thing about stuffing your emotions away is you stuff all of them away. So I just become kind of numb um, because I had to be. It was either that or I felt like I was just going to crawl in my bed and, and cover up and not get up. Um, that's what I felt. So I had to stuff them all away and pressed into my work. And I ended up getting an opportunity to um, go work with a company, which we'll talk about that at another time, to do a job with a company I was contracted in through my consulting company. And it seemed like a great opportunity. In hindsight, it was a terrible idea. But at that point in time, I had no way of knowing that. So if I had it to do over, I definitely would not take that contracted deal. Um, I can't say much more at this moment because unfortunately, there's some legal issues going on with that. I'm not in any trouble, so don't worry about that. But um, it was definitely a scary, stressful moment in my life. And um, you figure out while... I mean, most people are good. That Most people are good. And I don't even think that these people were necessarily like evil or bad. They were just greedy. And, you know, without saying too much, I found some illegal activities going on in a company. And I, I'm not going to be a part of that. So I stepped out of it. And it scared me. Um to have to kind of go through all of that. It stressed my already stressed self out because um, I, this was literally, well, I started doing it after my grandma, my grand, well, my grandpa died. And then um, I had started traveling back and forth every week. And it was, it was terrible. Um, I'm sure you're going to edit that out, James, but that's fine. Um, 
I'm trying to figure out what I can say and what I can't say just because (laughs) we're kind of still going through some of the stuff. So I'm just going to leave it at that. But I'm going to have an entire episode on that because I think it's super important to talk about once I'm allowed to. Um, But that's just not today. So let's just say that it was super stressful added to my already stressed system from grieving and it put stress on my family. Um, I was traveling back and forth to between, um, you know, New York and Philadelphia um, about every other week. And it was supposed to be temporary, but then all the other stuff happened. And um, it was temporary, but it just added um, a super amount of stress to my family, my marriage started crumbling apart. And, you know, a lot of people say I shouldn't talk about this stuff because, you know, you're professional and, you know, you have a business and, you know, you shouldn't talk about all these things. But I think it's important too, because, well, I was trying to hide all of my hurt then. I was trying to hide the fact that I was going through all the stuff that I was going through in my family, all the stuff that I was going through in my marriage. I, I was trying to hide it and I just kept stuffing it down and stuffing it down and stuffing it down until I couldn't anymore. And I'll go ahead and tell you when I broke, I broke. I had never had an anxiety attack, panic attack, I guess, or whatever the terminology is for it ever in my life. Didn't know what was happening. Um, but it terrified me and it woke me up to a certain degree, but the way that I ended up handling it, even at that point was still not good. So I went from stuffing it away to running away. So, I mean, I didn't like run away from my family, but I did, me and my husband split up. I thought, okay, well, I've got to remove some stress out of my life. I've got to, and and we're fighting all the time. I don't like the way he's talking to me and I'm done. So we actually split up. We were going through a divorce. Um, It was terrible and awful. And I'd already been divorced once. I felt like a complete failure as a wife. Obviously, I felt like a complete failure as a mother. My older kids had already been through a divorce once. They were going through a divorce again. And my younger children were going through a divorce. And I felt like a complete failure as a business owner. I had kind of stepped back a tiny bit from my company to push more into this other company. And it ended up not working out. So I got to the point that I felt like, okay, you know, what is the point? And like a lot of us tend to do, I, I started peeling back and second guessing myself about everything, every decision I have ever made, which there's been some not good ones in the past. But, you know, I felt like I was no good for anybody. I, I was severely depressed, severely depressed. And it was terrible. And again, even though I had I had already started recording the podcast. And if you listen back, I'm like, yeah, I got tired of having to fake it. And I I did. And I thought at that point, I wasn't faking anymore. I mean, I honestly did. But it wasn't until after I broke. And there was one thing about breaking is when you break, 
you actually like really break, there's no hiding anything. <laughs> like, like you can't. It's it's there out in the open, the good, bad, and the ugly for everyone to see, and it is humbling. But it's also freeing. I'll be honest. I had already started to peel back the idea that I had to act this way and I had to say this and I couldn't say that and oh they can't know that because then they won't think that you're a professional or they can't know that you know you've done that or you did this or that was a choice you made or you know I I felt like I was having to like walk around with a mask on even then even after I started to talk about how we shouldn't I still felt like I kind of had to because you know I, I couldn't go there well maybe I shouldn't go there and that's fine. You know, maybe this is a terrible idea that I'm having this discussion, but I don't think so because I know there's other people out there that are struggling so badly right now that, you know, your marriage is crumbling apart. Your children are going through all of it with you and you can't even help them the way that you should because you're struggling so badly you're not sure what to do with your business because you've maybe made a couple of decisions that started taking it down a path that you don't want to go down. And so you just put on the brakes. So you're trying to decide, am I pushing forward or am I stopping? And I can't make that decision for you. At first, I thought I was completely stopping. And instead, I just kind of took a hiatus. I took a little bit of a break, regrouped, restructured. And I centered myself. And my goal at this point in time in my life is I'm peeling everything back. You know, I already, I had to peel it back. It, it, the peeling, it didn't even peel. It just like, poof, it fell off. It just like, boom, it was like an implosion. So I guess I'm just picking it up and dusting it off and looking at it and deciding, does this fit into my idea of my life now? And just to kind of give you all an update without kind of going in too personal with stuff, we, I may at some point, but I'm not right now. My husband and I ended up going to counseling. We ended up working things out. And, you know, we're doing great right now. Um, things can be salvaged. You know, sometimes maybe it's not worth salvaging. Um, I guess worse is a bad word. But sometimes it's not the right thing to do to salvage it. Sometimes there's so much brokenness. And there was a lot of brokenness. We were both super broken. But... We both started fixing ourselves, and then we both started going to marriage counseling together and started trying to repair things, and it's happened to work out. So at this point, I just never want to feel like that again. That's that's my goal. And I know this is kind of out of character for my silly <laughs> stuff that I do, and I just think it's super important to talk about to everyone, to let everybody know that... You know, going through shit, excuse my language, but going through the deep shit of life, it happens. And yours might look a little different than mine. Um, but trauma is trauma, hurt is hurt, and stress is stress. And it is normal to go through all that stuff. And I'm sick and tired of people saying that it's not. So... You know, my, my goal here is to let everybody know that, you know, if you're struggling, no matter what it is, I don't care if it's in your business, in your marriage, in your family, all of the above, which was my case, 
I know it's tempting to stuff it away. Lord, I know it's tempting. But talk to somebody. I mean, talk to somebody. I don't care if you want to just call and talk to a stranger. Shoot, hit me up. I'll talk to you. I'll talk you through it. Um, I don't always have the best advice in the world, but I give it my all. And I won't judge you for it. Um, I, I just think that we all need to know that I don't care if you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, and I don't care if you're a gas station attendant down the street. There is so many stressful situations in your life and a lot of people think because people have the titles or the money or drive this car or live in that house and or their their social media looks on point like their life is awesome and they're it may be awesome but even the most awesome life has some really 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 not awesome moments and a lot of people were super shocked when my husband and I split up because I never shared any of it. And that's normal. A lot of times we don't. And it looked like we had the perfect family, looked like we had the perfect life, looked like we had the perfect marriage, looked like we had it all together and we were crumbling apart. Like literally. And that's what I want everybody to realize is that's great. Follow social media, follow your friends, post your good times, post your good times. I'm not saying don't. I mean, I'm definitely not saying make social media your diary. I actually absolutely hate that. Post your good times, but don't compare your life to highlights of other people's lives because other people are looking at your highlights and doing the same damn thing. And I think that's another reason we just need to be real because all this bottling stuff up and trying to super compartmentalize everything. And I even hate this idea of, you know, the, this, and I've talked about this before too, this work-life balance, work-life balance, work-life balance, because I pushed forever trying to create this balance that doesn't even freaking exist. And, you know, I kept thinking that it was going to, you know, when I got this done, then, then it will be balanced and I'll have it figured out. Well, then I kind of get there and it'd be like, okay, no, when, well, when I get this done, then, then I'll have it figured out. But what I started to figure out was this thing, that thing, this thing, that thing, there was still not going to be a balance. I mean, I have a family. I have seven kids. I have one that's on the spectrum. There's no balance in that crap. But I don't think it's supposed to be balanced. I actually think it's like this this giant balloon game where you're just like running around popping the balloons up. And, you know, that's okay. The idea is don't let the balloons hit the ground. And also the idea is to look at the freaking balloons. Does that balloon fit in your balloon game? Because that's what I've, I'm doing now. My My goal is to not add things that do not fit in my balloon game. It's the idea of the minimalism. You know, we we hear a lot, minimalism is a, a big keyword right now. And it's getting rid of, you know, getting rid of lots of clutter in your house. And I'm all about that. That's another thing that I have been 
deciding to do is we don't need all this crap. It's more stuff for me to dust, more stuff for me to sweep, more stuff for me to clean up, more stuff for me to threaten my kids to get grounded if they don't clean up their crap. Why are we doing it? So maybe this was my midlife crisis and instead of, you know, getting a few tattoos and buying a Corvette and going on a cross-country road trip, I instead fell apart and now I'm rebuilding in such a way that I don't want to deal with the junk. Now I'm willing to put in the hard work. I'm willing to help people out with their junk. It's not that I want to just sit back and be lazy. It's that if it's not worth my mental stress, I'm not doing it. If it does not positively affect my life, my family, I'm not doing it. I don't care if it seems like the best opportunity in the whole entire world. I'm going to sit back and contemplate and see if it fits. And it's hysterical because I did a podcast. I can't remember what episode it was, but talking about the fact that you have to know your values and you have to know your priorities and you have to be able to make sure all your decisions fit within there. And that was right in the thick of it when I made that. I hadn't figured it all out, but I had figured out to that point that all my decisions wasn't lining up. And now that being said, it was not all my fault. There was lots of things that was made outside of my decision-making process, but I did not sit and think about it to see how it would all play out. And that's important to do. If you have a big decision to make, you sit, you take the time, don't jump into a big decision. And boy, that's the pot calling the kettle black on that one with me. But I had to learn it the hard, hard way. Because like I said, I'm super impulsive. I'm like, Oh, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's do it. I mean, I'm the girl that sits on the plane and I'm watching the, you know, the lady, I forgot her flight attendant, I watching her, you know, do her little flight attendant something that looks fun. I could totally do that. So me being the impulsive person that I am, I start googling how to become a flight attendant, because that's what I do. I'm like, Oh, that looks fun. I'm gonna try that. That, that's happening. And I stopped myself, thankfully, because when the hell am I going to have time to become a flight attendant? And do I really want to become a flight attendant? I don't know. I mean, at the, at the time, it just looked fun. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, they get to travel all over the place. But that's the type of person I am. Or I'm watching, there's a show called Elementary, which I super love. It. It's on um, Hulu. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I would that would be so much fun to be a private detective. So Maria starts Googling how to become a private detective. Lord have mercy. I stopped myself again, thankfully, but those are the things that I do and I don't know why I do them. I'm, I'm curious and I know my grandma used to always say curiosity killed the cat, Maria. And this cat about had it. So I'm not saying don't dream and I'm not saying don't try new things because that's always going to be the type of person I am. But what I do now is I take a step back, take a deep breath, and I say, okay, does this fit? Literally that question is the first question I ask myself. Flight attendant didn't fit. Private detective did not fit. 
those were just some of my harebrained ADD brain ideas. And I think it's hilarious that, you know, I could sit and talk to other people, even going through all this crap. <laughs> I could talk to other people and give them the, the best, well, I felt it was the best. They thought it was good too at the time. You know, the best advice on things. But isn't it funny how in our own lives, we struggle so much with it. And, you know, I've used consultants on and on in the past. And unfortunately, at, at, during that time, I didn't have one. But I do now. And I think it's a super important idea to have a coach, have a mentor, have a consultant, have a mastermind group, have people in your life, your tribe. You know, we hear about having, you know, like friend tribes and all that kind of stuff. And that is uber important. But it's also important to have business tribes, you know, people that whacking the head and are like, okay, that does not fit into your business at all. And then you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that doesn't. Private detective isn't even in any of the businesses that I have. And I've started fine tuning those as well because I had a boutique at one point in time and I sold it. I had a screen printing company at one point in time and I sold it. And it was the best decision ever to sell them both because I am not a boutique owner, really. And I am not a screen printer, really. Neither of those things fit. Those were just harebrained ideas of things that I wanted to try and do. And then I stressed myself out trying to effectively do them because that is not my gift. <laughs> so when we're thinking about some of these things, I think it all comes back to the same things. We're, we need to be real, not only with other people, but with ourselves to really figure out, okay, what makes me happy? What decisions can I make to keep my foundation strong and my family and my business and with my own mental health? Because all of these willy-nilly decisions don't work. Wearing a mask and pretending like everything's hunky-dory, it don't work. So the only way that it works is to just be real and be you. And some people still aren't going to like you. They're not. I mean, I've got a super quirky personality and sometimes I say things that I shouldn't and I get myself into trouble, but that's who I am. And my tribe, my people, they'll be fine with that. And the people that aren't my tribe, they may think I'm insane and that's fine because they're not my tribe. So that's pretty much all I've got to say today. We're going to start talking more about kind of building our business tribe. And as soon as I feel it's safe to talk more about all that other stuff with the business, um, I want to kind of dig into that too, because a lot of the stuff that went on, I think is critical to talk about, but that's not for today. Today was just a, let's see, over 30 minute rambling of just explaining why there was such a short season one and why we're jumping into season two what seems like right away but really it's a year later and a little bit of what I feel is amazingly awesome information on how to be real to yourself so that's all for now people peace out I'm on my way or just do every little thing.
exclamated. L.A. Times, I stay on page six. I